Welcome to the podcast. Today I have uh, founder Don Milne with me. We're going to be going over some stories that Don found while he was doing his blog, World War II 100. Um, the premise of the blog was that every day for, it was three years, right, that you ran this blog? or It was uh, between three and four years. Yeah. Every day you would post a story of a World War II fallen that would have been 100 years old on that day if they had not fallen in, in the war. Um, and so we're going to go through some stories that Don found and wrote. Just give you an example of what's available to find as you go on this journey. That's correct. And I, I think what I'm hoping people will take away from this is when, when you start working on this project and you're researching these stories, you're probably going to just start with the name and not have any more information than just someone's name. And it's kind of fascinating what these people did. Not all of them obviously are going to have quite the, the interest of some of the ones that I want to talk about, but some of them are like, wow, that, that is just so incredible that that happened. So, so I wanted to share a story about an individual that I did some research on back in, uh, let's see, this would have been in uh, March of 2017 is when I would have written this. And in this case, the individual's name was Frank E. Winterling. And he was born March 27, 1917 in Montana. His uh, parents were not originally from Montana. His mom, Jesse, was from Kansas. His dad, Frank, uh, was from Wisconsin. Um, in Montana, in the early part of the 20th century, there probably weren't too many jobs you could have. Uh, his dad was a farmer. Um, Frank had an, uh, a brother who was one year younger than him named Joe, and he also had two younger sisters. Um, now, Frank... Um, by 1940, he was 23 years old. By that time, he had completed three years of college at the University of Wisconsin, and he was in his final year of college when, he, when the war began. And meanwhile, his younger brother, Joe, he enrolled in the Marines in 1939, and he was uh, part of the 4th Marines, and, and they were in China. So the U.S. government decided with Japan and China at war, uh, in 1941, they just didn't like the possibilities of what could happen to American troops in China. It just wasn't where they wanted to be, given the conditions of how Japan was getting to get, getting along with the United States. So they decided, we're going to pull them out someplace a bit safer. That happened to be the Philippines. And uh, so just before the war started, that's where Joe was. And Japanese attacked uh, the Philippines right after Pearl Harbor, and the, the Marines were put in charge of defending Corregidor. That's where Douglas MacArthur uh, was at while most of his troops were on Bataan. And, uh, uh, of course, uh, Frank isn't going to know a lot of this because it would have been hard to communicate uh, back then with uh, the Philippines being cut off. So two days after Pearl Harbor, he decides he's going to, join the Marines too, because he has an idea that maybe I can go to the Philippines, because at that point they were saying, we're going to send 
rescue party. We're not going to let the Americans uh, be cut off and, and not be rescued. So the, the Americans are hoping to be rescued and the uh, Americans here in the United States, they didn't realize that that wasn't going to happen. That's kind of what the, the story we were telling everybody. And so Frank was thinking, well, the group they would send first would be the Marines. So I'm going to join the Marines so I can go rescue my brother from the Philippines. So Frank ended up uh, being a sergeant, probably because of his college education. He was quickly able to uh, get a higher rank. And he was at the headquarters group of Marine Air Group 23. So that unit uh, became the core of what was better known as the Cactus Air Force. And that unit was assigned to Guadalcanal in August of 1942. And so the Americans needed Guadalcanal to stop the Japanese from further expanding down into uh, the uh, Coral Sea and getting a chance to take New Guinea and then possibly uh, cut off Australia. So it was really important. And um, by keeping the uh, Henderson Field there um, open, the Japanese were stopped from further advance. And so the uh, Japanese really wanted to take out Henderson Field. Um, I'm not sure if Sergeant Winterling knew this by then, but his brother had already been killed on Cregador Island. Um, that fell in, I think, in, in May of uh, 1942. So by the time of October, um, the Japanese were still desperately trying to take out Henderson Field. And one night they sent some Japanese warships and they did a night naval bombardment of Henderson Field. They fired over 750 shells at the airfield and Sergeant Winterling happened to be one of 40 men who were killed in that attack. So the Winterlings, as I mentioned earlier, had two sons, Frank and Joe. Joe was killed on Craigator Island and uh, Frank was killed on Guadalcanal. And the part that I found really interesting when I was researching this story was that this family's now lost both sons. The father, Frank W. Winterling, was 54 years old. Do you know what he did? He joined the U.S. Marines and he had the rank of a private and during the war, he was on guard duty in North Carolina. So, I thought that's a fascinating story. And until I researched it for my blog, I don't know how well that story was known. And even on my blog, it's not going to be that well known. You have to kind of know where to look for it. Maybe for one day on his 100th anniversary, a few thousand people saw it. But that's still not a lot, right? The thing that kind of hits me is like the father, I mean, to, to, to be 53 years old and then give up your career that you have, whatever it might have been to go and become a private, you know, that's, that's really humbling. You know, it's one thing to, to, to lose your sons. And then it's another thing to say on top of that, I'm going to, I'm going to give up everything I have here, move to some crazy place that, you know, just to serve the, the duration of this war out uh, because that's what my sons did. I think. Very yeah, I, I would really like, someone to take that story that I researched in like less than an hour because I used to do my lunch break and, and flesh it out and find out a little more details about this because you can 
infer a lot of things. I mean, why did the one son join the Marines in 1939? Um, we can kind of guess why the brother did, because his, his younger brother was in the Philippines. He wanted to go join him. Um, but then the father does something I'm sure most 54-year-olds don't do is sign up for the Marines. I mean, they obviously made some accommodations because I don't think they were accepting too many 54-year-olds. But what does that say for, for America and what this man thought of what his boys were doing to actually want to kind of say, my sons aren't here to serve our country anymore, but I can do it. And, and that's how he was able to do it. I think that speaks a lot for that generation and maybe the generation that raised them. Yeah. And you also have to think that same man, I mean, he raised his kids through the depression, right? So he's no, he's no like a novice to hardship. There were two sisters in the family, so they probably have descendants and maybe at some point we'll learn more through them. That's one of the cool things about this project is because people write stories. It doesn't happen every time, but <clears throat> I say at least once or twice a month, I'll get someone contacting me saying, hey, I read this story. That happens to be my my, my grandfather's uh, brother or you know, I'm the uh, great grandniece of, of this person. So th these uh, fallen people had, uh, by this point, uh, 400,000 people are going to have millions of relatives that are still around. And I think a lot of them don't even know that they're related. Yeah, yeah, because of the uniqueness of their relations, uncles or cousins or, you know, how they're related. So I think it'd be cool for someone to find the story about Frank Winterling, but I think it's also cool for anybody that joins this project to start with the name and and it's, it's kind of like being a detective. You're just going to start with the name and who knows what you're going to find. It's part of what makes this project so enjoyable um, in the in the ability of taking a couple hours of your time during during a week. And that's usually what it takes is it takes just a couple hours to do the level of research that we're looking for. Some people spend more because they really enjoy getting into it. But um, I think if you give up one night of your Netflix binging, then replace that with this. And the stories will not just be on some remote blog like mine was. Um, we're planning to have an app so that when winterlings go to visit the gravesite, in this case, it says here that uh, Sergeant Winterling's remains are buried at Salisbury National Cemetery. Anyone visiting his remains would be able to uh, uh, go to his gravesite and see his story at that point. And I, I, at that, I didn't do a story about his brother. I don't know if he's also buried there or maybe he's in the Philippines. That's another story that needs to be written too. Yeah. And then it's also be interesting to find out, you know, if his brother had a wife or his brother had kids or, you know, what else was, you know, his brother's story too. And well, it's going to happen. Someone's going to write that story and maybe we'll have them on this uh, podcast and they'll tell us the rest of the story. They're probably <laughs> too young for Paul Harvey, but he used to do a project called the rest of the story. Now you know the rest of the story. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you're not too young for Paul Harvey. <laughs> no, I, I remember you listened to him. So, <laughs> um, well, thanks for sharing that story with us, and uh, stay tuned for more stories and 
Um, if you're interested in volunteering, uh, go ahead and head over to www.storiesbehindthestars.org and click on the volunteer button.